Good morning, night or noon. This is your girl, Sharika Renee, here with Conversations with Sharika. This is that podcast that you listen to that has those conversations that we weren't necessarily allowed to have in the church. This is for your everyday saved person, you know, trying to balance being saved and living in the world today. Um, And I'm excited to have these conversations with you guys. Um, again, my name is Sharika, and I am here with my good, good friend, my good, good girlfriend, Miss Kiana. How you doing, Kiana? I'm good. Hey, 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 y'all. Oh, yes. So every now and then I'll have guests on with me just to kind of have the conversation with me. If you're in your car, you can talk to me. If you're listening at home, talk to me. I can't hear you, but it's good to have a conversation. A nice little talk. <laughs> so today I want to... Um, well, I've already introduced the show to you, um, the type of conversations that we have, and to kind of break the ice on these conversations, I think I want to ask a couple hot topic questions or hot potato type questions, right? So, for example, what's your favorite color? Yellow. Okay. Would you rather sleep on the left side of the bed or the right side? Middle stretched out. Because <laughs> I mean, I need my arm room just in case, you know, I'll sleep on my hands and my hand falls asleep. I need to just stretch right back on out. I know but that's right. I'm I not the cute right. curled up in bed. I'm not. Okay. Uh, uh, high heels or flats? Before I had tripped and messed up my ankle, it would have been high heels all day. But now I'm just, I'm all into flats and I'll do an occasional pump depending on the, the event. So. Okay, okay. Slip or no slip? Slip or no slip like church? Slip, yes. <laughs> no slip. You wear good underwear. There you go. And a good old girdle. <laughs> Period. You remember to wear these girdles, <laughs> Not girl. too tight to be catching no curves and lines and such. But yes. You know, give them loins. just enough. Right. Okay. Stockings or no stockings? Let's say the nets, depending on the attire, we'll do the nets. And um, not... What you call those pantyhose? We don't do pantyhose. Yeah, those too thick. Yeah, but we'll do we'll do like stockings, like the thicker leotards, whatever you want to call those mm. tights. I'm sorry. We'll do tights with a nice little boot in the winter. Yes, with a nice little short dress type of situation, sweater dress. Okay, <laughs> so those um, hot potato questions leads us to our first discussion. Here with the podcast today, and it is Growing Up Kojic. Let's give a round of applause for the Grand Old Church of God in Christ. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was really, really great foundation for me, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell you how liberating it was when I was no longer Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because of how strict it was and all the rules that we had to abide by, but when as I got older and had my own relationship, I started having questions and wondering, are all those rules really gonna keep me out of heaven? That part. Or are all those rules, you know, really something that contradicted with what God wanted yeah, do those out of rules us. You know what I mean? Exist? Like what were some of the things that you had to abide by when you grew up? Um, we had to show up to church. That was one of the things I hated. That's number one. You had to be there for Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, we were separated in different age groups. Um, we had to do 
night service, we had to do YPWW. 24-7 Which I couldn't, you had to be in the choir because depending on the church you grew up in, it maybe not been big enough. Mm-hmm. So whoever they could have sing, could sing. So I was in the choir, I was in YPWW, I had purity class. You had to go to every district meeting. Mm-hmm. Even though you're just in there, you know what I mean? Like I had the rules in the home where you weren't allowed to go hardly anywhere. Um, No movie theaters, no amusement parks, no board games, no cards, Mm -hmm. no nail polish, nothing. It was so much like nails, your nails couldn't be a certain length. Um, Your skirts Mm -hmm. had to, you had to wear skirts, first of all. Mm -hmm. There were, pants. pants were not allowed. Um, the skirts had to be below the knee, and yep. if they weren't, you were kind of looked at like a little Jezebel running yep. around. You mm-hmm. had to wear stockings, had to wear a slip. I don't care how thick the skirt was, you yes. had to wear a slip. Um, and me growing up here in Vegas, my grandfather was mm-hmm. a bishop. Yeah. So he was a God rest his soul. Um, jurisdiction of prelate of the state of Nevada. So imagine how much more pressure it was. To abide by that. Yep, and because keep that image of exactly, what it looks like Because he was in such a position of power, you wanted to make sure, or at least I did, I can't speak for the rest of my family, I love them, but <laughs> for me, um, it was kind of hard trying to keep up that appearance of looking the part yeah. mm-hmm. because of who I was connected to, yeah. but in my mind knowing I do not want to put on these stockings. Yeah. And I did, I stopped wearing stockings and that was a whole thing. <laughs> Um, I started, and for a time, we couldn't even wear pants to his house, to my grandparents' so at house. at the door. Yes, we couldn't wear pants mm-hmm. or anything like that. And um, as we got older, it looked like the rules became a little more lenient, but you still have those old school saints who still look at you crazy. Yeah. If you come in with uh, pants on and everything. So um, I just didn't understand why did it have to be so strict. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they kind of relate it to in the Bible. Um, I can't think of where it is in the Bible, but it says that you should not wear that of a man. So that's where the pants came from. Yeah. But my nails and my lipstick and color hair was out. Yeah. So you can wear color hair and all that. I just could not understand why that was the issue and why is that keeping me out of heaven? And nobody could ever answer that question for right. me. So do you think that... Um, the generation that we have now, we're in our 30s or whatnot. Do you think that knowing what we know now, and say we could time travel, go back to that time and try to apply what we know now to then, how do you think that would have affected the church and how this younger generation accepts it now? Do you think that they would rebel, want to rebel anymore or anything like that? Like if you could go back in the church go and back change with the knowledge anything, we have now? yeah, with the knowledge that you have, would you um, try to implement these changes and how do you think it would go over though? I think because of our age, that alone is a hard um, threshold to cross because not only are you getting looked at as just because women couldn't be in a certain position in churches when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, you couldn't even stand in certain places in the church. You couldn't be behind the pulpit, so to speak, to even preach a message, let alone communicate an idea. So I think that even if with all the nerve and with all the understanding that we have to say, you know, in our defense, this isn't a bad thing. This is an okay thing. This is acceptable. I don't think it would be welcomed. I don't, even now, I think some churches 
are still set in certain ways mm -hmm. and their foundation is solid to them. I think that wherever, some, well, things I think about even as I got older and had my relationship with God, I'm like, who, who came to the church and really cut up? To get people to set these boundaries. Right. You know what I mean? Because even when it comes to business and protocol, once you encounter a certain, um, let's say a crime happens like in a store, you're going to step up the way that you monitor things in the store. Right. You're going to change the way that you um, react in your process, you know, with checking things and, you know, doing perimeter sweeps. Like there are things that take place and I really feel like, because I haven't found those rules in the Bible about polish and pants and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I think that it was a measure that was taken based off of a behavior that exactly. kind of infiltrated the church. And these churches felt like, well, this is a good process. It's good to just at the door make sure there's a dress code. And without a doubt, as long as you're dressing like this, no one's going to lust after you. As long as you wear this, no one's going to consider looking at you like this. You're remaining in modest apparel. But, but we know that. So, even, but the thing with that is, and I don't think it was it was fair for them to take. Mm -hmm. our, and, and let's disclaimer, ain't nobody talking against the church of God in Christ. Period. So we're not coming for the folks. I enjoy my foundation. But these, again, like I said with this podcast, these are conversations we did not have. Yeah. Probably weren't allowed to have or had in secret, but now we're kind of getting it out. Yeah. So to your point of saying like, like with the females, we couldn't wear our arms out. Because, and I was told this, we couldn't wear our arms out because if you had hair, like even the shortest bit of hair under your armpits, that would uh, tempt a man because it looks like your female organs wow. down there. I've so that's why that. they told us we could not wow. wear our arms out. And the reason why we wear stockings, again, is to not tempt the man. Yeah. So you have all these restrictions. We can't women. We have all these restrictions. Uh, we can't preach in your pulpit. We got to stand at the and remember some me table. Yeah. And give word. <clears throat> we got to mm -hmm. word. We have to be covered up from our necks all the way down to our ankles because we don't want to tempt these men. And you don't want you want to look modest. But what happens to that person that did look modest but was still molested by these pastors and these preachers the entire and time. these musicians? That you know part. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to me, I feel like the folks were addressing, they were too concerned about the wrong thing. Let's get to the root of this thing. It yeah. can't be that my armpits are tempting. Like it's, a, my, it's me, period. And... <laughs> Some that are the, so it's perverted. It's the fact that you're a woman. Right. Yeah. So in that aspect, it was probably unfair with people who are violated for you to take my individuality away from me the way I dress, yet I'm still being, um, you know, violated. You yeah. know what I mean? Preyed Does that make upon. sense? Yeah. I mean, there's different cultures that, like, we know where the women, they wear the, I believe it's pronounced a hijab. Yeah. So... Even in their garments, or even if you look at like nuns, you know, they're completely covered. So there's no, you know, misinterpretation or misrepresentation of who they are and what they're walking in. You know, they're not trying to reveal or um, tempt anyone with their look. And I think that that's why our religion or, or the church does that. But it's it seems like in comparison, and I want to ask, like, what would you, would you rather? You mm -hmm. know, would you rather be in a... Let's say Kojic or a church in general decided to take on that same design as far as women's apparel. And now we're wearing the hijabs and we're covered up. You know what I mean? Like we would almost be more appreciative of the fact that it's a lot more we can do. 
Right. But it's still that same idea. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes I, I look at it and I'm like, I get it, but I don't get it. I don't get the way that they place it. I get where they may have wanted to make sure there was no lines crossed, no boundaries, right. you know what I mean, but uh, broken. But it seems like they couldn't teach it. And that's the hard part about trying to convince a mass of people to believe and follow what you do right. when there isn't modeling, when there isn't information. And it's just your idea. It's just your own fear. Mm-hmm. You know, what if these pastors were, you know, they grew up a certain way, their experiences, what if that kind of cultivated the idea that we got to make sure the women are not looking like this. We got to make sure this and that. And But why know. did it always have to come back to a woman? And another disclaimer, I was not touched, and I don't think Keanu was touched. Wasn't touched, no. By a pastor, <clears throat> a deacon, or anything like that. Um, my observation is just based on biographies that I've read of some mm-hmm. artists or even um, – um, documentaries I've read yeah. of secular artists who grew up in the church or seen documentaries I've seen um, that grew up in the church and this is what they experienced. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just the folks is just um, focused on the wrong thing, focused on women, which brings me to another point. Um, did you see the Clark Sisters movie? I did. So, 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 so good. And I it love was that so movie. Good. It was good for me because. We grew up Kojic, mm-hmm. and I remember going to see them at the uh, national conventions in Memphis. Oh, wow. Seeing them sing and meeting. I've met um, Lady Sheard a couple times, Karen Clark Sheard. I've met wow. her a couple times, and Dorinda used to come here and preach at one of the local churches a lot. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that movie <clears throat> and how the Church of God in Christ did their mother kind of ties into this conversation too. Yeah. Going back to women. That here boy she was. That she was in. Yeah, here she was. She dressed mm-hmm. like they wanted her to. Um she did everything to the letter of how they wanted to do it. But Dr. Clark, like they said in the movie, you get in too big. What is so wrong with a woman, you know, doing so well in the church? You know what I mean? And she yeah. is still getting the gospel out there. Her and her girls, like she used to say, was still getting the gospel out there, was yeah. still reaching people. And even she had a way to get the world to look at the church of God in Christ. So look at, again, the bigger picture. You worried about the wrong thing. The world is looking at the church of God in Christ. What an opportunity and a moment to reach the world. Yeah, but they didn't see it that way. They saw it as she's getting in the world and of it. Mm-hmm. You're doing what they want you to do. You're singing on their platforms. You're doing. You're bringing God into their places mm-hmm. and not understanding. I think the way that she communicated it to the board was perfect. Yeah, but they weren't ready. They couldn't see it that way. Right, and that even ties into what I was saying. If I could go back and apply what get in a time machine, go back yeah. and apply what we know now to the church. Then, right, I think that um, a lot of limits would have been taken off Dr. Clark mm-hmm. and a lot of other women that were in the church but couldn't be as effective as they wanted to mm-hmm. be because there was always that barrier. Yeah. I'm not going against God because I'm not wearing stockings. Right. I'm not going against God because I'm a woman preaching in this pool. I have a word. At the end of the day, the object of this game we call life as believers yeah. is to get word out and encourage yes. people not to follow to... Christ. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's why you have um 
why that affects a lot of unbelievers way of thinking because they see how we function um, in the church and how we do. And it's not welcoming. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think the hardest part is realizing that we're still there. It's still there. I have Mm -hmm. been in services and even in like New York, you still see the same things. You still see people dressed a certain way. And it's even though clothing is beautiful, you know what I mean? You wonder if it's because of that narrative. Are y'all dressed like this because you have to? Are you guys, you know, structured like this because this is the way, the old way? I don't think that even if we could take all of our knowledge right now, I mean, mm-hmm. even now, that's what we're trying to do. Communicate what we know now, what we hear from God, what we receive from what we read and what we take in from our walk and our faith. Can we really communicate that to people who are set in their ways? Right. That's something that I wonder right now. Can people receive us? Our generation can, mm-hmm. especially with your platform doing this podcast is going to really communicate and reach our group of people but will it change the mind of those who are set right i wonder that's 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 good it really is because i wish we could um change their minds maybe yeah they would if old people and that's what um ndre said that if old people would understand try to understand young people Mm mm-hmm and young people try to understand old people, vice versa. I think that we would be at a more leveled, yeah, balanced, yeah, yeah uh, uh, part of peace. Yeah, because like I said, it's and that's growing up. I noticed that too. If I had questions about the church, like why are we wearing stockings? It was sometimes it was perceived as me kind of being rebellious. And why are you asking that? Just put them on. No, I want to know why. Exactly. Me, and that's how I am, period. Yeah. You have to tell me why I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need to... Um, but that's back talk, Sharika. That's back it, talk. Honey, I'm just trying to understand why I need... <laughs> I just want to know. Help me understand why, how I can get from A to Z. Exactly. If you're telling me this is how I'm going to get into heaven... Tell me why I need to do this so that I can kind of pick it apart and find other areas that I can improve on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But nobody wanted to have the conversation. I think it's because they ultimately weren't answered themselves. What if our aunts, our parents, our grandmothers asked Mm -hmm. and just got got a really shallow answer and just went with it? Right. Because this is what the Lord said. You know what I mean? And that I don't want to dig into... Having that life where you really seek him mm-hmm. early and he be found, you know what I mean? In your own relationship with him. Because what if like my grandmother who communicated things that was communicated to her, what if she really wanted to understand it and just was okay with what she was told right. and didn't bother to le- look and seek on her own? What if she was dependent upon Sunday service? Mm-hmm. What if she didn't know how to really dig into her own personal relationship? <sighs> yeah, and I think that our gen- our age group, because we are solely more so dependent and um, more so have relationship, not to say they did not. Yeah. We depend more on our uh, relationship with God rather than the religion and the doctrine and all yes. that. You know what I mean? And I think that is 
because you don't like what you don't understand. Yeah. It's kind of perceived as rebellion because we'd rather it's just rely on that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, she's been sending my next point to our music corner. Um, I'm so glad that we are living uh, in the church as it is now because these pastors are getting younger. The first ladies <laughs> yes. are getting younger. Yes, um, we're accepting him as our savior. Right. He's filling us, and we're exactly. going out right uh, in our right in on our our now. Exactly, praise and worship is starting to sound different. Um, choirs is not a heavy thing to have a choir in the church yeah. anymore. I don't. It's hear more about like nostalgia now than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, so with that, we see that things are changing, and I'm here for it. Yes. And so one of the changes that I love, though, um, in our age group is Kiara Sheard. If we can just give her a hand. Because I love Kiara Kiki Sheard so much. I love how she is an evangelist yes. license. She got the habit and everything. She is an evangelist, a recording artist. She prays. She opens up service at her church. She prays. She preaches. All that. But she's still real down to earth, and she has her um, YouTube, and I'm plugging her because I love her so much, yeah. um, catching Kiara on um, YouTube, and it is her everyday life. And I love, love, love the example that she is for us today of living yeah. saved, but having balance and having these types of conversations. Yeah. Um, Kiara just recently put out music. Yes. And I love the album. I really do. But I have been categorizing it as more so inspirational than it is gospel. Mm-hmm. Because there are a the couple sound. songs. Yeah, there are a couple songs on there that sounds like R and B ish, like it can be yes. played. Yes. Uh while you riding while you driving to California yeah. with your homies. You know yep. what I mean? Or in Hip-hop a club issue, atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also the part that can be played in church. And so, um, is there something so wrong with that though? Isn't that Good. That type of balance is what we're aiming for, right? I think I was in a place that um, before I would have said, mm, I don't know, because I know how powerful music is. Mm-hmm. So if I'm playing music in a certain genre or reminiscent of a certain genre, am I going to really have the ears or the my listeners hear what I'm saying if the music pulls them into or reminds them of the other genre Mm -hmm. that doesn't communicate the gospel. And as I got older, I have never stopped listening to the music that I love. So my mindset has changed. So now I'm welcoming to um, things like what Kiara Shear will do, which is give us a nice breakthrough freedom, gospel sound and worship, heartfelt, you know, strings and, and, and hi hat symbols and things like that, but then we'll come back and give us a nice mix with Missy. And right. I love that she does that because we don't have to compromise. You know what I mean? Like it's it's music. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. this kind of music is not God and that kind of music is. It's putting together what power is there and being right. able to reach people with the sound that they like to move to, with the sound that they like to interpret to, with even with the studying, you know what I mean? Like, why Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? So I dig it now. I have to admit that years ago I was, like, confused. It's like, like no, why, is, why are we doing this type of sound and communicating mm-hmm. this type of message? Will it be able to carry over? And I see that it does, and I'm more open mm-hmm. to it. And it opens up a door for um, people who 
probably don't necessarily listen to gospel. They'll listen to her stuff and be like, oh, oh, okay. Right. And then she has a song in there called is- um, Something Something Has to Break. Real, real good with Tasha Cop. Yeah. So now these people listening to this and all of a sudden they're overcome with emotion and that could lead to them wanting to know more about yes. our Jesus, yes. our God. And um, Kiera, her mom is Karen Clark Sheard. Her mm-hmm. aunts are the Clark sisters. And her grandmother was Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. Yeah. And maybe she is the example that we all needed to uh, to see what it looks like to come from that traditional background. Yes. And opening up a new door of possibilities. Yes. And I know that her family supports her. So knowing that because they grew up in that strict environment. Yeah. Knowing that they're listening to it and they're kind of bending to it like, oh, okay, we yeah. like this. Maybe we're on to something here. To and get seeing the, the her audience hasn't changed, it's grown, you know, mm-hmm. if anything. So I think that it's evident. And that's what's good about people that are really sold out, you know, really in their relationship with God, really true to it mm-hmm. in spirit and in truth, because the message can be effective. Right. You know, her stuff hasn't fallen. It it looks good. It sounds good. It still blesses and ministers to us. So yeah. as, as, as long as we're living that thing. We can f- flow with God and, yeah. and reach the ears of people that, that are ignorant, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I like that. I mean, Kirk Franklin, all those thing. things that, all those people that started doing those things, it was mm-hmm. unwelcome back then. People were looking at things sideways like, mm, what is he doing? Yeah. You know? But now it's like- I'm here for it's, it. We're here. It's I'm like, here bring it on it. in. I'm here for it. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think that she is- kind of turning that wheel for us like we yeah. love kirk franklin right and then but she is like literally like i think a couple years older than yeah us. she's our age so group. maybe she can like relate more to what we're you know yeah. the conversation um that we're having and with that um how has how would you say that growing up koji has affected you today like how are you affected by it i feel like Growing up, I did not like going to church. I used to cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, cry and be in the back. I would have my grandma would tell me to go lay down in the back of the pew um, because I didn't really want to be there because I didn't understand it. And because of all those things dictated, you know, on first Sunday you have to wear all white, mm-hmm. and you know everything that comes along with being in a Kojic church and going out to all these meetings. It almost suffocates me and it makes me think that all I do is go to church all I know is church I don't know the word of God I don't know or have an interpretation of who Christ is but I go to church and now I'm surrounded by people as I get older in high school and I see that I don't do the things that they do I don't live the way they live I don't go to parties I don't you know have a boyfriend things like that and when I look back on it now, I'm thinking, oh, it's because I was so suffocated in church. I didn't have any knowledge, though. So right. what good did throwing all these different rules at me do, this special Kojic book? What did that extra thing do, you know, when it came to protocol? What did it do for me but make me see that I didn't look like everyone else? So now I realize that it, it kind of conditioned me to understand and respect uh, the Lord, yeah. you know, and have that reverence and that fear of him. That's one thing that going to church will do. You know what I mean? I just wish that I had the knowledge, but I became hungry 
because of the same grandmother that forced me to go, you mm. know? So something worked. There was power there. I just didn't understand it or get to walk in it throughout my years. So I felt like I will never, I can never be a part of that type of church again, you know? But the older I am, I realize as long as it's God, as long as it's him, Mm-hmm. I'm down. I can come to an event. I can do this or that. Be respectful. I don't know if I would come in there with the stockings. I don't think I would mm-hmm. even bother. Right. But I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it definitely has, it forced me to see things a certain way. Right. But now I'm, like, accepting that it, it kind of worked. It did something. It made mm-hmm. me aware of Jesus. There was a power. Right. It just didn't, it wasn't instilled. It, um, growing up Kojic, how it affected me is, um, I have a more of a reverence for like leadership. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, I don't think, and you can correct me. I really don't think that pastors should, um, fraternize personally with their congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that you're not crossing any lines okay. or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it has, um, as far as the way that I dress, I don't wear suits and stuff, stockings. Yeah. Or I'll wear a hat if I can. Right. But um, but it has, it makes me think twice before I walk out into the church. Yeah. How do you look? Even if it's jeans and a t-shirt, do I look presentable as yeah. unto the Lord? Because they were like big on that with stockings and everything. It has um, made me, it has increased my relationship yeah. with God with Jesus. Why? Because I was searching for that why in the Bible. Mm. Why I shouldn't yeah, be doing good. this and that. It made me study that thing and have more of an understanding. And while I'm studying and I'm reading about how the things that God did throughout the book, yeah. how um, how he always encouraged our faith throughout the book, um, it has made me want him more. Yeah, You know what I mean? So that's why I always say it was really good foundation growing up Kojic. Because it helped me take a second look at how I present myself. Yeah. At how I um, deal with leadership. I follow protocol. I don't care what church I'm at. I know that's the pastor there and that's who I want to talk to. But who do I need to talk to first before I get to him? See, and I didn't you know I, what I, I mean? didn't get raised on any of that kind of thing. My Our coaching church didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't as big or it didn't have that structure, didn't have the people in place. Mm-hmm. And altogether, I was young, but I didn't, I wouldn't know. But my pastor, um, he's passed. Well, the pastor of that church at the time passed away. He was definitely um, very friendly. You know, he's not having a conversation about his life, but he was like 90. You know what I mean? So you would always love to go up to him and shake his hand and just say hi to him, Mm -hmm. you know? But I Yeah, I just think about... I don't. Things I didn't have like that, that. bringing. I didn't have that. They didn't mm-hmm. show us who to talk to and where to, you know. But and I don't even. I don't know if it was because of who my grandfather was, because right. he was a bishop, and the I Bishop's grew church. up in the bishop's church. I think that and had so a lot that to was do with certain it. protocol. Mm-hmm. And even um, I don't know. I just handle church as if how I handle a business. Yeah, there are certain avenues you should take before you get to a point of leadership because you don't want to uh, drain the man of God. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So I look at it like that. I don't place pastors, preachers, elders, or whatever on high pedestals. I just understand you have a call in your life that I do not want to interfere with if I don't have to. I only need to reach you 
yeah. if it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably text my pastor like one, maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. And when I did, it was for um good reason. It wasn't nothing inappropriate or anything yeah. like that. But it was for a good reason. But still, in my uh my mind, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah. I can't do that. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a good thing. I I didn't have that, but I understand it now. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be. You know, I'm very respectful to what I know, how how God deals with us when we exhaust. You know, even being in those same platforms ministering things like that you have to be careful right i feel like i had to learn it just through the sensitivity and being led of god i wish i had learned it maybe the way you did so i can have a respect for it up until now because you seem so conditioned like you get it you Mm -hmm. get it way more than i think i can even fathom like Mm -hmm. it's just certain things that i apply to my uh walk now yeah that um that really helps me yeah and um, even being on the other side of the Church of God in Christ, being related to someone in high leadership, I have a different respect for people who are in leadership. Yeah. Because it has to be difficult to constantly have somebody pulling on you all yeah. the time and having to censor what you say and giving grace. We talked about that before, giving grace to people yeah. who really don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And you want to tell them exactly how you feel and what yep. you know they should know. In the tone. But... You got to keep that grace. And I, I commend him, my uh, grandfather, again, God rest his soul, Bishop Paul, and every other pastor out there. Yes. God bless you. From For what Church you of God in Christ, uh, full gospel, Baptist, non-denomination, whatever. <laughs> whatever you leading, God bless you because yes. I know it's hard. And um, also, folks, do not forget about your first ladies either. They are in a position of leadership too. Yeah. So make sure you give them the same reverence and respect. Absolutely. As well, because they are forgotten a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Hmm. That was a lot. We unpacked a lot tonight. We did. Almost went a little little deep in there. Right. Goodness. But guys, stay tuned for part two of this conversation where we address love and sexuality in the church. Another conversation that people don't necessarily want to have. Mm-hmm. So I am Sharika Renee. This is my girl Kiana. Kiana plays the saxophone. She's a very accomplished musician. She sings. She's a poet. She didn't even know it. No, she did. <laughs> I know a little something. She's just so many things. Just an incredible, incredible human being. I'm so blessed to have some wonderful people um, around me and pushing me. Because honestly, if it wasn't for them and Jesus, I would not be talking to y'all right now. But it's so so good that you are, girl. Yes, yes. So I'm here, Sharika Renee. Have our next, the next episode coming up. I have new music coming out. Hey, 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 hey. Real, real soon. I want to appreciate my brother at the end of this uh, particular episode, Jordan Hall. He is my production manager, engineer, whatever I call him to do, he's that. So we just have to appreciate all those that support us and love us. So until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and having the conversation. I'll talk to y'all later.